Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, a show where we hope to help you lead better wherever God has placed you. You'll be aware that there are a number of images used in Scripture to describe the people of God. In recent years, a number of church leaders have been stressing the importance of family. I'm joined this week by Andrew Leakey, who heads up Encourage, a charity that aims to help people encounter the presence of God and advance his kingdom, and which stresses that the Father is looking for a family, people who know their identity as sons and daughters. Andrew served as pastor in Kemsey Baptist Church, New Worcester, Swindon Family Church and latterly Grace Community Church, Bath. He now has a wider ministry encouraging leaders and believers in the UK and overseas based in Paul in Dorset. So welcome back, Andrew. Good to chat with you again. Thanks, Andy. It's uh, great to see you and great to be back again. So uh, when you were on the show before, you spoke of a, a pivotal time when visiting Bethel Church, Reading, California. Yeah, it was... Um I'd really been um, drawn to the whole church and what they were doing there when I heard Bill Johnson uh, in Bath many, many years ago. Hadn't heard of him before then. And um, I started to do a leader development program, which was a, a really special thing for me. Um, I think it's probably the most valuable thing I've ever done since I've been in ministry, to be honest. It was uh, it was very, very helpful. Unlocked some things in my own thinking and gifting, that kind of thing happened. But I think the whole culture of the Church Bethel there was when we, when uh, my wife and I visited, I, I loved the whole celebration of faith and risk and of honouring one another in ministry. There was not a comp- competition there. There was a releasing of one another to become all that God wanted them to be and um, just love the, what they were presenting in terms of the kingdom, the power of God and the love of God too. So yeah, that made quite a big impact on my life and actually probably has shaped the course of, of ministry the last few years. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, some listeners in the UK will be familiar, of course, with the uh, the way in which the church has become something of Mecca of for people interested in the revival because they've been seeing sure. some astonishing things taking place there. Yeah, and I think it's, it's a it's a great model. It's a well, but I think our goal has been uh, and recognising that actually while it's great to visit there, actually what we really need to do is to be able to make the message of the kingdom and experiencing the love and the power of God available to everyone. So not everyone can get to Bethel, not everyone can go to school of ministry. So we want to help others discover that right where they are. What about you know the single mum who can't afford to do that, can't afford to leave uh, the country for a while? We want to help those who are make it accessible to to everybody really. And so the, just to say that the the charity's name is is Encourage, so it's I N. Um, colon courage the word courage yeah it's a play on words really we want to do everything um, with courage but we want to put Mm. courage into people really and 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 i think with the strap line that we've got really says it and i won't unpack it too much because it'll take too long but (laughs) we want to enable people to encounter god we want to empower people to be all that god's called them to be and we want to encourage a community and building the body of christ um together so your ministry has been uh leading churches that have a a charismatic feel and flavour. I mean, Kamsey Bat was a Baptist church, but it was sure. it was uh, you know open to, to to God's work. What has God been impressing particularly on on you lately in your kind of maybe the last year or two? Yeah, that's a good question, Andy. I I think um, for most of my life as a Christian, un, un, unsurprisingly, really, um, God's been speaking and showing us about who He is. Mind you, that's um, 
that's developed a lot for me in recent years too. I think he's a far better father than we've ever imagined him to be. Um, I've got a, I've got this phrase, and um, I, I, if there's any English teachers listening, they might need to shut their ears at this moment, but I can't say it any better than this. If you think God is good, he's a whole lot gooder than you think he is. And um, I've been learning about that in my life. Um, I've followed Jesus for the last 40 years, but in the last 10 years, that's sort of really been enhanced. However, I would say in the last few years, to my surprise, God's been speaking to me about me and about us and about who we are. So when, when you know who God is, you know what he can do. When you know who you are, you know what you can do. And he's been speaking very much to me and to others, I think, about being sons and daughters, about living as... Um, as children of a father who loves them, really. And what does that mean? What does that look like? So it's not just a doctrine, but it's actually a real life experience, day-to-day -day experience of living as a son, living as a daughter. I think the other thing, I don't know whether you want to pick up on that, but the, I think the other thing, and it's linked with it, Andy, is in the early days of the charismatic renewal, I remember the days of come together and things like that, when the emphasis was on fellowship and on the body of Christ and on the love amongst one another and it seems to me that while we've been developing leadership and learning about strategy and all those kind of things we've lost something of that flavor and so I, I, I really feel like God's been bringing us back to that one of the one of the big mistakes I believe we've made um, in in leadership in the West is divorcing leadership from being a father and a mother and um, and so it's led to far more organizational management style business-like, if, if, if you will, rather than helping to produce and create a family. So I guess there's a lot in there, but um, that's yeah. what I feel like has been impressed on me in recent years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it would be true that the, the evangelical church, by and large, and, and certainly the charismatic element of that, um, have, have stressed the, the sin dimension, that Christ's you know, work on the cross for sin, that we might be sure. free, etc., um, and and that can in in people's minds that you know talk about the the holiness of God, which is a, a, a clear attribute. Absolutely. And Christ has, has has dealt with with our our sin, but actually they don't move on to the right. The, 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 you know that we're also sons now, sons and daughters, and free and freed to be who we are. Yeah, and I think I think you know for me again the simple thing to say in that and it's not simple, but it's simple and profound at the same time. The cross is the key that unlocks the door to the kingdom of heaven. And it unlocks the door to our identity. So I love what Jesus did, and we wouldn't be here without that. But what he did enabled us to know the Father, enabled us to to know that we're sons and daughters and to live that fullness of life um, that, that, that he promised. I, I've always been gripped by that when he said, the enemy comes to kill and rob and destroy. I can't, that you might have life in its fullness. And I, I must admit, there were times as a pastor, I used to think, he's going, wow, if I wasn't a pastor, I could probably have this fullness of life, you know, but that was a wrong <laughs> understanding of pastoring. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was, you know, I guess there was a stress thing there. Yeah. I, think, I hope I've learned a few things since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, any particular scriptures that are pertinent to this? Have, yeah. Has God brought. I think so. I think the one that comes out to me more than anything, there's a couple that are on my mind really, um, more than that, but two particularly today. One was um, Romans 8, where it says the whole of creation is groaning in anticipation mm. for the sons of God to be revealed. Or as, a, as a song I used to hear years ago, on tiptoe by the fisher folk of all people, mm. probably many people won't remember them, it said the whole of creation is standing on tiptoe just mm. to see the sons of God mm. come into their own. And so I believe God's raising us to become the people that he wants us to be, to demonstrate his life and light to the world around mm. and bring hope. 
So Romans 8 is one. Mm. Um, that, that's a big one. I think the other one um, is massive. We've often talked about Ephesians 4, rightly, the gifts of, of ministries of apostle, prophet, mm. evangelist, pastor, teacher, and those equipping the saints. However, in, in Ephesians 3, before we even get to that, Paul talks about the fact that he's kneeling before the Father mm. in heaven, from whom the whole family on earth mm. derives its name. And I love what my... Um, dear friend and spiritual father Leif Hetland says if God wanted something other than a family he'd have called himself something other than a father right he's a father he wants a family we're his sons and daughters and that's where it begins sonship is the flagship of all the other ships fellowship worship stewardship anything else that we want to add into that it begins with knowing who we are as his children mm. um, you, you would know that there have been many uh, surveys of Christians in leadership and, and church in particular, which have stressed the high levels of stress and burnout. Sure. Uh, there are all sorts of reasons for this, of course. Um, but having our identity clear is clearly one of them. And, um, you know, what the sort of things you're saying may may be resonating with some listeners who perhaps have, have been slaving away and perhaps sure. not known the, the freedom of being a, a son or daughter. Yeah, I, I think that's made a big difference for me. It made a big difference for me when I was leading a church. I, I think I was far more uptight and and stressed than I'd like to imagine that I was. Just ask a few of my friends and family. And that changed over the years, and it began to change when I really became more secure in who I was. And that whole thing about sonship, that it's not performance-based. That before I, I, I flicker an eyelid, before I do anything... Uh, we do anything we have an A plus approved by the father and I think that enables us to do what we do from a place of rest so I'm, so it's not being performance driven it's not looking to live up to other people's expectations or actually even more importantly sometimes to live up to our, what we think are our own expectations but actually to live from a place of rest and, and we need to do it's, it seems to me in Hebrews it talks about there's a hard work and so we do what we do from work but the hard work that it talks of there is make every effort to enter into rest and so one of the things we talk about is we need to do the hard work of entering into rest because when we when we enter into rest of of who we are we know god's smile we know his approval we know we're sharing in his love in his purpose that he has got our backs he's got the whole thing in his hands as the old song used to say it takes the pressure off and you don't feel like a need to to know everything. I used to feel like as a pastor, I, I should know all the answers. And so I tried sometimes and uh, it was such a release to feel like, I don't know, I haven't got to have all the answers. We can ask the Father and you know, more than that, we can ask the Father together. Let's go on this journey together as family. It, and it's taken the pressure off. Sometimes I think all we need to be is a step ahead of people that we're leading. Only a step to know, actually, this is the way forward. Let's go there together. That, that for me is a big part of leadership. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not having it all mapped out, um, you know, in in a prescriptive sense. And that's, you know, for some leaders, they need to know sure. their five-year, ten-year plan or whatever. Right. I understand that. I think for me, it's been far more... I've looked at that, and there have been times when I found that helpful to have, like, a plan for a year mm. or two ahead. But mine's been far more... My experience has been far more like the Abrahamic thing. You know, God's calling you out. Just go with him. See where he leads you. And I think my life's been like that. And, um, you know, I know not everyone's comfort uh, comfortable with that. I know for myself, I think I'm wired for that. I, I think it brings adventure. Uh, you have to listen. 
and sometimes people say, well, how did you get to where you're going? I, I mean, how did you get to where you are now? Whatever that means in their eyes. And I go, you know what? I used to go, well, I don't know, actually. I just know I got here. I think what but actually doing the leader development program in Bethel helped me to identify was some of the steps that I took to get there in those places. And that was just helpful, really. And um, But that's a whole other story, I think. Okay. Well, you're listening to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andrew Leakey, who heads up Encourage, a charity that aims to help people encounter the presence of God and advance his kingdom. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andrew Leakey. Andrew heads up uh, the charity Encourage. That's in colon courage. A charity that aims to help people encounter the presence of God and advance his kingdom and stresses the father is looking for a family. And we're talking particularly about the fatherhood of God and uh, some of the the themes that uh, have been brought particularly into the last few years for Andrew, who has a a kind of itinerant ministry amongst many streams and denominations and churches. Um, Andrew, you've um, taught courses that have aimed to help people see God at work in the supernatural, including, of course, healing. Um, and I just want to maybe focus upon the, the importance of identity uh, when we're actually looking for God to do amazing things. Um, because clearly, you know, some people can want to see God do things in order to give them identity. Right. And I think a lot of the things that are happening today in terms of the, the changes in theology and challenges of theology, mm-hmm. by the way, are actually not so much a theological thing as a search for significance of knowing who we are and, and finding like I've got mm. significance in this uh, um, I, I think identity is really really important and for instance the whole thing of we start with the most common supernatural thing in the New Testament is healing and Jesus didn't say which is a bit of a shock really but he didn't say pray for the sick mm. he said heal the sick it's like wow we're learning to pray for the sick what's it like to be able to heal the sick but it's, of course it's in his name with his power with his love but I think, again, it comes back to when you really know who God has made you to be and that you share, you participate in the divine nature. That's what Hebrews says, that we actually share the divine nature. So it's not that we're, we, we, we're born by the Spirit, the Spirit lives within us, but there's a fundamental change and transformation, a metamorphosis, if you will, in our nature when that happens, that, that we actually we share the divine nature of the Father. And he's a, he's a God of love. And he's a healer. And I think when we know, and he's supernatural, he transcends the natural. He's perfectly, you know, it's just, it's, we know he's the God of um, of the all. And so I think when we know who we are, it gives a confidence to know, and God's, this is who I'm, who I'm made to be. We're called to release more of heaven around us than we've ever realized. But you've got to know who you are for that. Otherwise, you're always going, will God do this? Does he really want to heal? Does he really want to bless people? And I think I'm confident now. Uh, for myself on the journey that God wants to heal he wants to demonstrate his love I know there's all kinds of questions about that again probably for another day and you, you probably get it on the show uh, and, and we'll look at that with other people but but um, yeah identity is massive I think uh, it is crucial yeah. well kind of changing tack a little bit and um, to talk about your own uh, kind of day-to-day or week-to-week ministry um, most of your ministry has been focused with one community of people so I mentioned some of the churches in Worcester and Swindon Uh, and latterly in in Bath. Um, You have now an itinerant focus. So how have you found the kind of transition from from one community to lots of different communities all over the place? Yeah, actually, I've loved it. 
um, I love traveling to see what God's doing in those other places. And, and actually, not, I don't just go once. So it's, it's an ongoing sort of relationship that we have with those places, those churches, those communities. So to be able to go there and see what God's doing, to be able to go and encourage others, to see them begin to fly, to see God taking them further and their communities further and, and being able to add some, if you like, some flavor into that. Oh, what a, what an incredible privilege that is. So that but I've absolutely loved it. Sometimes I feel, you know, I, I miss something of the community of the ongoing sense, but I do have that still in some ways. And we're still plugged into a church in in pool as well. So when we're around, oh, they're just like a family for us. They, they've been excellent and um, just welcome us, even if we haven't been there for weeks they're welcome as if as if we're sort of you know we were just there a few days before they're really great and uh, really appreciate that but on the whole loving the transition really mm. and um enjoying the sort of opportunity i think that we have to to connect with with all kinds of streams and well it's literally so. all all points of the compass almost isn't it you got sure you mentioned well yeah i, I mean we we um <laughs> we go to venezuela um i've just come back not long ago from dubai and india just with a, a friend there that's their sphere but I was just going along to to serve to help and connect with them uh, what they're doing there's a there's a network of churches in Ohio in America that we uh, that we're part of there's a, a church in South Africa we're linked with that is also linked with a whole bunch of churches and ministries in Uganda Rwanda and Burundi you know and I'm just going off to the Philippines so I was like oh my it, it, you know it, mm. it's just incredible really to see what God's doing mm. worldwide so yes, if you have a mental picture of the the globe, you're you're kind of at all all, almost at all points. Yes, all points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and, and obviously, this gives you a bit of a perspective on the UK church. And I realise asking you for a few sentences on the UK church compared, you know, is is because it's lots. There's such a multivarious element mm. to the UK church. But as you travel sure. and you come back to the church, you must see it slightly differently. What what kind of perspectives do you have? Yeah, I think it does change your life. And without taking too long, first mm. thing to say is. The good thing to discover in, in, in many ways is they have the same challenges and issues mm. the whole world over. You think, oh, this is just a challenge specifically mm. to the UK church. Really not. I mean, churches, church people are people mm. the whole world over. So that's one thing to say. I think that I think the thing, again, it's linked with what I've been saying. I think this is all fueled into it is is what I've seen, and particularly in the African churches, is the sense of family that they have, I mean, wider family in their community. I think we've lost that as a nation, in a culture, just out in the world, you know. But I think we've lost that a bit, the whole family sense within the church as well. And so their sense of family, their sacrificial hospitality, they would literally give you their last, their last mouthful of food as a guest. They will give for one another like that. That has humbled me. I've, I've watched people when they've lost loved ones and you get up or you go around in the morning in that house and you, you, it's all quiet and you move out into the the area, the, the sort of seating area and there could be 20 or 30 people just sat quietly, just to be with the family. They're there, they're, there's that sense of unity, solidarity, empathy with one another. I think um, I think that, that came out and comes across, you get that in Venezuela and the whole sense that they they really are trusting God for everything when, when they haven't got much they really are trusting God and, uh, you know, for provision, even daily food sometimes in, in, in the settings that we're with now in Venezuela um, and trusting God for the supernatural provision and for healing. And in a way that I guess we may not 
do in the same way. So that has impacted me, I think, as I've as I've travelled. Is that is that the kind yeah, of no, thing you think kind of, is that helpful? Absolutely, no, that's very helpful. And and when you go, are you are you typically speaking at a conference or? you doing at a particular church how does it kind of work are you meeting leaders one yeah. on one it's uh, we do a lot of um hosting with leaders mm. um uh, meeting with leaders one on one um ministering into churches that we're linked with so when we go there it's very rarely a conference thing it's not so much a conference thing as a we have relationship we have friendship with this community of believers and we're going there to to receive from them because they've got so much to teach us so I don't go with the sense, I'm going to go and well, we're going to come and teach you. No, we'll come and share what God's given us to share and deposit. But we also learn from them as well. So it's an ongoing life mm. thing, really with churches and working alongside leaders who've become really good friends, that God's connected us. Mm. And these are like, these are our family in these different places. They really are. And it just gives you that, that mm. bigger perspective. I know we know it and, and we experience it to some degree about the worldwide family. But I guess when you get the opportunity to travel out there and you feel like actually you're walking into like a second home, but they're thousands, 4,000 miles away mm. and you don't see them maybe more than once a year for some of these people, it's a beautiful thing. And it just shows you the flavor and the beauty mm. of of the people of God, mm. you know, uh, just across the world. Yeah. Well, my, my final question may may have been uh, hinted at already and I was going to ask you what the what the future might hold and it may be that well actually if abraham didn't know particularly the future so maybe <laughs> yeah. you're not sure what's going to happen you know next month particularly but but you know have you uh, do you see how god is yeah moving no, things I on think there are some a few, I, few themes perhaps yeah i think there are some trends and um i i think as i look as i pray as i visit as i think i i I think God is allowing things in the world to be shaken right now in all kinds of ways in our own nation. You know, mm. it's taken us by surprise some of this that's been taking place with Brexit and everything. Mm. Um, it's been shaken in the the church, and we're seeing persecution at a, an incredible level with with IS and places where mm. people. We're just hearing that it's like relentless, and, and the persecution's always been there. But it feels like things are being really shaken. That that the darkness is getting darker in some ways. Mm. But the light is getting stronger, so um, um, we have hope. And I think in the midst of that, God is God is purifying us. He's calling us um, back to Himself. I, it's a it's a big thing in Scripture. In John, it's in John um, 15 where Jesus says, "You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit." Mm. But it feels like with all that we've known, for for many of us, He's saying to us again, "It's time for you to choose me." You know, will you now choose me after I've chosen you? I don't know where that makes sense, but it seems like that's a prophetic kind of theme, you know, that's coming out. I, I believe that God's raising, you, you're gonna, you won't be surprised at this, God's raising a family of sons and daughters mm. who are bold and courageous and will express his life and his love to the world, mm. unashamed and unafraid. Um, and I believe they're going to come from, from every, every church, every denomination. God's looking for his family. And it's, that's been, I think the, the, the covers are coming off. And as the darkness gets darker, that will be revealed. And I guess the final thing, it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, uh, using an allegory, it's not scriptural, but I love the, the Robin Hood movie with Russell Crowe. There's a long story behind that. It was quite an experience for me watching it actually. But the whole theme of rise and rise again until lambs become lions is, is massive. I think in church, you know, Jesus is the lamb and the lion. We've been very lamb-like in terms of we've been, almost been afraid. And it's time to rediscover the Jesus who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, 
that God's wanting to give us courage so that the lamb that within us can also be a lion that is time to to let the world see who we are who God has made us to be and um, that the theme in that whole film was was rising and and uniting the various factions the various barons of England to repel an enemy a common enemy and establish a kingdom I believe that's what God wants to do he wants to raise his family to unite his body right across the board that we would repel a common enemy and that we would establish help establish the kingdom of heaven well, it's a wonderful place to finish Andrew thank you so much you've been listening to Leadership File with me Andy Peck uh, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Andrew is the uh, leader of uh, Encourage. You can Google in colon Courage if you want to discover more about him and his ministry. Um, do log on to Premier's website. You can listen to archived versions of Leadership File. Go to the On Demand section, listen to this one in the, for a month, and then it goes on to iTunes. Subscribe to iTunes, and then you can listen to them all to your listening device, uh, maybe second time. Or, or if you happen to be away uh, from the radio on a Sunday at 3.30. Look forward to your company again next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.